This podcast is sponsored by Australian Christian College, a network of schools committed to student wellbeing, character development and academic improvement. Welcome to the Inspiration Project, where well-known Christians share their stories to inspire young people in their faith and life. Here's your host, Brendan Kaur. Hi there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Inspiration Project podcast, a podcast that is bringing you the stories of Christians who have been able to find meaning in their lives and an expression of their faith through the things that they do and have enjoyed a measure of success in the doing of it. This morning, we are glad to welcome Brett and Kate Ryan. Brett is CEO of Focus on the Family, and it's very appropriate that he has his partner uh, in life with him. Kate and Brett, it's so lovely to have your time with us today. Can I give you a welcome? Oh, thank you. Thanks it's for having a, us. It's a pleasure being with you. Uh, focus on the family. Um, tell us a bit about what, what that means to you guys and what you, uh, what you think the organisation's key... Well, Focus on the Family Australia has been part of Australia uh, for over 25 years, but many people remember Focus on the Family where uh, James Dobson was uh, the founder of it many, many, many years ago. He, he's no longer with the organisation, but uh, here in Australia we've been... Uh, we work in cooperation with them, but we're independent. And we do things, the radio work, we do things on Facebook Lives, we do YouTube clips, we have our website, Facebook, all sorts of different ways, any way we can communicate healthy families and healthy relationships. And we do that um, in as many ways as well as, as possible. And we try and provide pastoral care when people are hurting and going through difficult times. Thank you, Brett, for that. I think most at least the parents of some of our listeners will remember uh, Dr. Dobson and uh, yeah. the history of that. Um, that is certainly the, the roots by which the organisation is, is most known. You're in an organisation that's focusing on the family by definition of, of uh, the title of the organisation, but family is something that appears to be quite different for a lot of people. What's, what's family for you guys? Uh, for us and our background, um, we actually have three grown sons, uh, 25, 23 and 22, and one is married, the oldest is married, and we actually have a grandbaby. So that's what our fam- our own family looks like. And then, of course, we are speaking to all manner of different families uh, across the board, uh, and it doesn't matter what they look like. Um, as long as we can help them thrive. And it's interesting you say, when you hear the word family, a lot of people picture mum, yeah. dad, kids, yeah. Yeah. but that is one image it and is. it's not the most common image now. We actually see a lot more single-parent families. We see blended families. Yeah. We see people staying single by choice or by circumstances. And then we have all the issues related to family, and that includes uh, sexuality includes drugs and alcohol, includes conflict, include, includes finances, stress. Mm. There's so many different variables when it comes to family that have an impact on relationships and have an impact on how people parent. And we also come, you know, like the idea of when we talk about families, your family of origin has a very significant part to play in the success of your future relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you pick up things by osmosis. You pick up things by observation. You pick up things by just stealing your own experiences. And then unless you make some intentional decisions and be well-informed on how to do 
relationships well or how to do parenting well, you tend to default to the things that you're familiar with. And that's the reason why we see so many families going through the cycle of dysfunction and, uh, and not living the life that God had intended. Mm. And we at Focus on the Family, we want to make Christ known mm. in every aspect as we strengthen relationships in Australian families. Yeah, that's great, Brielle. I want to come back to some of those questions. I actually had, had jotted down one of the things I wanted to explore with you guys with family of origin issues. But you've, you've already uh, introduced the notion of, of the first big area of uh, thought that I want to explore with you guys. Being a conservative or known as a conservative organisation, I think you're right in saying people would assume that there was a, a bit of a cookie-cutter stamp yeah. of what family was or at least what focus on the family defined as family. And if it didn't meet those strict criteria, then it was something other than or less than family. Yeah. You've already been very articulate about how that can look differently. If you were pushed to say what What's the criteria? What's the essential things that make some sort of relationship family? Is it genetics? Is it biology? Is it cohabitation? What are the things that would stand out for you guys? Well, we would say that a family can come in all shapes and sizes and it would be nice and the ideal would be, you know, we do have that, uh, you know, genetic possibility of procreating in a healthy environment with stable environment, children are brought up with a mum and dad, that would be an ideal. That would be how God had intended the family to look like. Mm. But now fast forward to the 21st century, families, as we've just mentioned, come all very different ways. Mm. And then you can have families that are, uh, have been adopted or, or there's fostering and there's, yeah. um, there's an individual who has never married but can still feel very part of a family or feel very part of a community. Mm. And so family can be not just flesh and blood but mm -hmm. being part of a bigger picture. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, there are family breakdowns mm. and it's not necessarily their fault um, but friends and community can step in and become family. Yeah, that's good. So I think what I'm hearing, and please set me right if I'm not hearing correctly, but I'm catching a, a sense that for your understanding of family, it's more about the process of how you're relating to the people that are important in your life than yeah. it might necessarily be about other artefacts or other... Um, well, of course, I, I think any relationship that's worth having is built on respect and mm, love trust. and trust. Mm. Um, and so if you have those things, whether it's a close friendship or whether mm. it's a family member, um, those are the basis. Mm. Uh, somebody who loves you enough. I mean, some people say love is just you're all happy and joy. Mm. And, love, no and no challenge. But love is a whole lot of things and mm. one is challenging people to be their best, mm. um, challenging things if they see things that are damaging you mm. um, and so forth. And if you've got friends or family members in your life who are prepared to risk, because it is a risk when you step out and challenge someone if they don't like what yes. they hear, um, then that's true. And, and if it, let's preface all of that if it's done in love. Yeah. Mm. If they're just saying, oh, you're being an idiot, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, well, I can see these characteristics or I can see these behaviours coming out of you or um, that you're presenting that really aren't demonstrating or showing the best for you. Yeah. Um, 
could we suggest that that's probably not the path you should be taking or those people around you are, you know, bringing out the worst in you? Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, yeah, things like that. So you, you obviously got a very positive notion or, or you're, you're describing the, the positive aspects of family relationships and the, the trust and the intimacy and the, yeah. the mutual respect and regard. There are the sad reality is not just that family exists with a whole different types of um, components. Yes. There can be people whose family aren't providing those things, even if it's one yeah. parent oh, family. Sure. Sure. And it breaks our heart yeah. and it breaks the Heavenly Father's heart when he sees relationships break yeah. down and family dynamics are broken. And, uh, and so that's the reason why folks on the Family Australia exists. We want to help repair, restore, recover, mm. Um, and and ideally prevent those things from ever occurring. Mm. So we would host marriage seminars or a marriage conference or we talk about parenting and the various um, attributes of the early parenting and the primary age and then the secondary and then the issues related to that, like social media or technology yeah. or how to talk to your kids about those big uncomfortable topics like sex mm-hmm. and relationships and drugs and alcohol and, and, and mental health. And we need to equip people because we believe that information is power and they get to get the right information in a God-honouring way. And if we can help that, then we will have stronger families, we'll have stronger communities, we'll have a stronger nation if we get that right. Uh, yeah. I think too, you know, if one person equips themselves, it's got to, it takes more than one person to resolve something. So, you know, the, the whole notion of make or live at peace with everybody, yep. you can do your part. You can forgive others. Yep. Uh, if somebody else isn't going to come to the party, you are not responsible for those people. Yep. And, and so if you are in a position where you are working, you are, um, changing your attitude. A lot of times we can be in a position where we're going, oh, those people are doing such and such. Their behaviours are such and such. Yeah. But on the whole, it's God's challenging us to change our heart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when we do our part, uh, then God does the rest. Yeah. And there are no guarantees. There are no guarantees. No. You can do everything right and things can still go wrong. Because of but free we choice. Want, we want to be able to do everything you can humanly possible and with God's help to help people be the very best they can. And obviously folks on the family in Australia, we speak in both the Christian space and the non-Christian space because there's some things that are just universal, but we also want to steer people to the reason why there is hope in us and our faith in God is very strong. But we also speak in the secular space and, you know, I do some things with... We do things in the in the workplace and yeah, on, yeah. and uh, Jim's mowing group, for example, yeah. and you know, talk about you know how to resolve conflict. There's yeah. some universal principles, but yeah. we are very proud of our faith heritage, and we try and bring people along that journey. So we can have things with high Christian content and things with just high Christian values. Yeah, I'll, I'll come back to that because I think that's really important about the the nature of truth and yeah. the power of truth in whatever context it's manifest or expressed but you've been very open and very clear even in our conversation so far about the place of God in your own your own personal walk and life and in the life of your organization can I can I invite you to tell us a bit about how did that happen for you each how did God become the most important thing for you okay well 
Uh, for me. Kate's older than me, so she can go first. <laughs> I've, I've lived a couple of years longer, so my story's longer. Now, no, I gave my heart to the Lord when I was six. Great. Uh, probably in a not orthodox way. And, uh, you know, I went to watch this drama and it says, you know, they had a door of fire and a door that looked like heaven and said, are you going to hell? And, you know, that kind of thing. And I remember mum saying, oh, my goodness, this is never going to work, you know, just because she's made a decision at this thing where she was feared, you know, the fear mm-hmm. of God into her. Uh, but I have walked with God the whole of my life from mm. that moment. Wow. And there's been challenges in life, but I think we can make the choice of running to God mm. when there's tough things or running away from God. Mm. And... Uh, I made the choice because I've walked through a lot, um, a lot of sickness, a lot of trauma, mm. and um, my walk with God has been a very real thing. From the, a very young age, I used to sit at my window and write prayers down as I spoke to God about my life. And so for me, it hasn't been a far-off God. Mm. It's been a very close relationship. Mm. So he was just my father, my daddy, Mm. my, the one who loved my soul regardless. Mm. Um, And now I'm going to cry. It doesn't take much for her to cry. It's very real, very real for her. For me, he's just a faithful, loving, challenging, confronting, um, just my greatest encourager Mm. that even, you know, if I take, if I have a misstep, He'll lovingly call me back. Amen. Um, and patient, you know, patient. He'll mm. say one thing and if you don't get it the first time, he'll say something else mm. and he'll go, remember when I said that? Oh, yeah, that's right. A bit of a slow learner. Um, <laughs> so I, for I don't me, want to interrupt your story and Brett, we'll get to your story in, in a bit, but where, where did you have it? I mean, a lot of people have this notion that an encounter with God and that the description that you gave of the, the judgment, the consequence, the the danger yeah. that yeah. God represented, you didn't yeah. live with that sense. You lived with a sense of, of warmth and of, yeah. as you described, fatherly relationship. Yeah. How did that happen for you? Um, look, I had Christian parents, um, very warm people, but, you know, in that my story is quite fraught. Our family life was turned upside down when I was about 14 and that all changed. But in it, I just felt such a close presence mm. that he was always, he, he was my friend. He's promised he'd be my friend and he would never leave me. Mm. And so for me, reading scriptures, I, and I think that's lost today in a lot of young people. Mm. Um, Back in the day, <laughs> we very much learned our scriptures. Mm. We memorised them so that they went down into our heart. Mm. And so when we walk through things, we've got this wellspring yeah. of life-giving words from our Father. Amen. And so it's we're not out there on our own. Our Heavenly Father reminds us, remember, I love you. Remember yep. what I say about you because we've got the world coming at us, you know. There's a constant barrage of you're not good enough, you should have this, you're, you know, Christians are this, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so for me, I was, I'm very much, well, he knows every hair on my head. Mm. 
my, my name is written in the palm of his hand. Mm. He loves me that much. So regardless of anything I do, it doesn't take that away. Mm. And and so he keeps loving me back. So in the midst of, you know, a traumatic situation where I might think, oh, gosh, you know, da, da, da. and then all of a sudden he reminds me, he goes, remember, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. yeah whether, you're on the to- whether you're on the top of the mountain or in the valley. Yes. There is no place that you can go that yeah. I won't be there. Yes. I think what you're describing, Kate, is an encounter with the person yeah. of God, isn't it? It's not it's, yes. it, through his words. You can't help but come to the conclusion that he's a loving father when you encounter the love of the heavenly father. And uh, Exactly. And I just, for me as a teacher, because I was a teacher for 25 years, I remember sitting with some year 12 students and it was just, you know, as they were preparing for their graduation ceremony and so it was all the relaxed stage. And I said to them, what are you looking forward to of leaving school? Mm. And, and they said, getting away from the rules and getting away from whatever else that was holding them back in life. Yeah. And I said, what, you know, what, where does God fit in that? Oh, you know, it's all rules. And I said to them, can I pose a different picture for you? And they said, sure. And I said, can you not see that the Bible is a love letter mm. from, from God? And he says, if you live in these guidelines or boundaries that I've put for you, your life is going to be so full of life. Yes. If you step outside it, there's regret and consequences. So he is lovingly telling you that if you live with me, if you walk with me, your life is going to be to the full. Amen. If you choose outside, then there are consequences. I will still love you. Yes. But there are still consequences. And even when I forgive you, you still have to live out those consequences. He doesn't take the consequences away. You have to live out those consequences. He forgives you. He Mm. he throws your sin into the sea of his forgetfulness. But... You still have to live out the consequences. He doesn't take those away. Yeah, And so they went, oh, we never thought of it like that. And I said, because he loves us so much, he's Mm. told us how to have an amazing life. Many many young people actually see the book of the Bible and God by association as a book of thou shalt not. Yes. Trying to spoil my fun. And, And I would use that analogy as Kate shared often is that, you know, we all have boundaries. If we stay within the boundaries, life can be great. Step outside, there will be consequences. Just yeah. like we have playing sport, there's a boundary line. Yeah. You stay within the boundary line, life can be great. And you go outside, yeah. uh, road rules. There's, there's all we have boundaries all around us for our good. Yeah. And the Bible and God by association is saying, here are some boundaries. Stay within it. You can have an awesome life. And that's our journey. Yeah. We've we've been well and truly protected, not from bad things happening. Bad things can happen to good people all the time, but we've got something real to hang on to during those tough times. Well, Brett, let let me ask you that that question. How is it that you've become convinced that the the Bible is a love? Well, I I was very fortunate, similar to Kate. We were brought up in a Christian home and my my dad was a scientist, so everything had to have a make sense to him, you know, on a scientific basis. And he, he had an encounter. He was brought up in, a, in more of a traditional church 
And he had a personal encounter with the Holy Spirit and that was not contrary to where he was going at that time. And he was asked to leave, but that didn't stop his journey. He was always an adamant reader, uh, wanted to learn and study. And I used to see my dad studying the Bible or studying concordances and reading or writing. He wrote a number of books himself. And I thought, if you have to do all that to be a Christian, it's not for me. Too hard. This is a nightmare. This is just not my style. And, And it wasn't until he actually says, you know, you have to discover God for yourself. You have your own journey. And just on a little side note, our son at the age of about 15, 16 came to me. He'd been brought up in a Christian home. I was a kid's pastor. He went to a Christian school, gone to church, and he came up to Kate and I and he says, look, I don't think I believe in God. I don't, I don't believe in the Bible. And I said, instead of running away from that and being scared, oh, of course you're going to read the Bible. Of course the Bible is real. I yeah. said, let's, let's, discover, let's go on a journey together and let's discover who God is for you. And, um, and I introduced him to Ravi Zacharias and, yeah. and other apologists, and he got to understand God for himself. And he read uh, the Lee Strobel's book, uh, A Case for Christ. Christ. It was yeah. something he, he discovered God for himself. And I remember my dad was not afraid of that question when I was questioning it, and I thought I should do the same thing. And I'd encourage parents, allow our kids to question, allow our kids to doubt and allow them the journey or the privilege of that journey to discover who God is for themselves. And so as an about 18, 19-year-old, you know, that became much more real. I, I didn't really have a significant rebellious stage. I didn't run away from God. Mm. I was I was a typical good kid, mm. but I was I did it because I think you had to be good. And as I discovered, it wasn't because I had to be good. It's because I wanted to be good. And I know that God cared for me. And, and I always have had... A, a reverent awe of God, not a scary God, but a, a, a reverent feeling of God and how interested he is of, with me and I want to please him and I have a desire to please him, not because I have to, because I want to please him in every area of my life. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, we mentioned family of origin as um, an important theme um, for the focus on the family and for your ministry. and just hearing your account makes me think of a number of the people who'll be listening to this podcast who, who might be a little skeptical that, that their family of origin, a Christian family of origin is, is the reason that they might have faith and that it's the, that's the sole reason. What would you say to kids at that stage who are saying, well, I'm, I'm in a Christian family. What choice have I got? Well, <laughs> My journey is an interesting one and I'm allowed to share it because um, my dad said if other people can learn from what happened with him. Um, So up until about the age of 14, we had a very, very happy home, what we thought was a very happy home. And at about 14, uh, we discovered that my, my dad had affairs. And so this just broke our family apart. It would. And it was, you know, my dad was my hero Mm. and it shattered us, absolutely shattered us, all in different ways. Um, Each one of us, because I came from a family of three girls and it did something to all of us differently. Mm. Um, In the end, my 
father left. Um, he was asked to leave and for two years he was away. By this time when he left, both my sisters were married. I was a, I had just got married mm. and um, he, he left my mum immediately after I got married, the day after. And in the end, this is, this is where the story gets good. So my dad left, I think he lived a, a year just living his own life, you know, just continuing on the behaviour he had. Um, and then the next year, I think God grabbed him. Mm. My dad had been an elder in the church, mm. or a deacon in the church, and he had a passionate faith mm. for God and my mum. And so this is, this is where it gets tricky. We did discover that he had bipolar. Right. And um, one of the side issues or one of the classic tales in bipolar is having effects mm. because they can disassociate yeah. and they can separate. They can, yeah. I love my family and then this is happening over here. It's totally separate and then separate yeah. from faith. And it was a very, very tricky time. But God grabbed him in the second year and he, they went for counselling, etc. And they renewed their wedding vows and had 17 years of wow, that's wonderful. Happy marriage um, before he died. My dad died 13 years ago. Yeah. Um, and they had 17 years of good marriage. Uh, my mum is a, a rock in God, mm. and she said, "He is the love of my youth." Mm. And if you know God can forgive, don't don't let me you know let me just preface this. It was a tough tough journey and yeah. the the book written uh, love must be tough absolutely yeah uh, you don't get walked all over god has a job to do in people's lives sometimes that means they need to be apart from their families for him to be able to do that yeah um but it it's not the end of the story you know yeah trauma disaster it's not necessarily the end of the story we think yeah. it is and in the moment we think it is but I look back and, you know, it affected my life. Mm. It affected me when I went into my marriage because oh. I went for counselling when it all happened um, because I was like, oh, my goodness, here it was, a strong Christian man and he now he's fallen and now our family's a mess. And, and so I went for counselling and I got married and not, th you know, thinking I was fine. I got married and in my head as soon as I got married it switched over and it went, oh, married, married men, Could married men, indeed. Mm. <laughs> and so I'm like, oh, my goodness, where did that come from? Yeah. And so that affected us for quite a while and I had to go and talk to somebody about it yeah. and um, really had to work through that and also relinquishing my parents in that because I'd always been the peacemaker. Yeah. So I'd always been caught between and so it got to the point where God said to me, do you trust me? Mm. I love your father and I love your mother. Mm. You, I, I will work with them. Mm. You need to relinquish that. And it is a sin to try and be God. Mm. And yeah, it's not your job. Very good. And so I let them go. And mm. that freed me. I was like a different person. So, you know, Christian families aren't all perfect families. <laughs> yeah. um, God doesn't promise that it's going to be easy 
or perfect um, or happy even, but he does promise that he will work out his good Mm. in everybody's life if we allow it. So so you you come to that. Sorry, Brett. I was saying that as I was saying that the whole idea of you know, relying on your parents' faith. You have to actually own yeah, it for own yourself. Your own faith. Had Kate relied solely on her parents' faith, her journey would have gone yeah, differently. differently. Yeah. And so she had to have her own faith because people are parents are humans. Yeah. They're gonna make mistakes. And if we rely on them to be our our God, so to speak, it's a yeah. form of idolatry. We need to find God for ourselves. And that's the reason why parents need to encourage kids to discover who God is for themselves and for children to discover God for themselves, not just rely on mum and dads or my sisters or my brothers or my grandparents. I need to find out who God is for myself. But you have to also role model this. It's not just doing the tick the box. It's actually having a lifestyle and and living that out 24-7, wherever we may be, that God is intertwining our life with his life in every aspect of that journey. Yeah, I think it happens a lot in churches where if your faith is tied up with the pastor and the pastor falls, I mean, we've seen it time again, and people walk away from churches because the pastor had an affair. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's a man. Yeah. A man can fail, um, but God didn't fail. Yes. And so they walk away from their faith and it's like, well, was your faith in the pastor or was your faith in God? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people will fail you. Mm. That is a fact. And the, the, it's diametrically opposed that humans will fail, God won't. Yeah. And so if we build our faith on the rock, <laughs> then we're going to be all good. Yeah. But if we build it on shifting sand, on humans, uh, we're going to be thrown every time. Yeah. I, th- I think it's been terrific is each of you have told parts of your story together and, and separately that you've not glossed over the fact that it's hard work. You know, oh, people, it's hard work. People can carry this sense that the folks in the family is this bright, happy, picnic on the lawn, Brady Bunch, Walton's sort of idealism. Yeah. And what I'm hearing from you guys is that that's actually – not the model that you're advocating, that it's, it's not. No, it's. Puffy. Well, we're not, it's, we're not, we're not uh, trying to brush over and say we're not real. We want to, we, we yeah. um, say, for example, when we were doing a marriage conference um, and we've been doing those online recently, we share our, our real um, situations of conflict. And it's usually every time we're just about to talk about conflict, we will have some intense fellowship <laughs> just before then. It's and a fresh off the table, is it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exhibit A, exhibit B. And, but we do that with humour and laughter and joy and knowing that, you know, it, we're two individuals and we're going to have conflict and that's the same with your kids. The two individuals, different think, ways of thinking, we're unique in the eyes of God and how we can work together. And a successful relationship is not the absence of conflict. A successful relationship is is how to resolve conflict in a healthy way. Same with your kids, you know, you're going to have a difference of opinions. How do you resolve conflict in a healthy way and not yell and scream and shout and and that may be your family of origin. That may be the way that you were role modelled how to resolve conflict and you didn't like it then, so don't continue to perpetuate that in your relationships with your own family. And our relationship with God is all going to be different because of our different personalities, 
Um, it's going to be different. I mean, I look at our son who's married and he says, we are so different in our approach to God. Mm. He's quite analytical. He's a massive reader. She's very um, emotional and drawn, a bit, a bit like me, as in this close father, you know, worshipful. Um, and, so, and he said, but we start at different ends, but we always come to the same conclusion. Mm. And it doesn't matter that he's a loving God. Mm. And they both approach him differently. Different they 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 come to him differently. Mm. They hear from him differently. And there's no right way. It's mm. just, and he's made us all unique. And mm. so our relationship with him is going to be unique. And mm. no one way is the right way. Mm. Can I, can I ask you? You've you've spoken very uh, persuasively about the the, re- the reality of relationships. Family yeah. relationships. So you, you, one of you made the comment, which one it was, made a comment a little bit earlier that you can do all the right things, you can take all the right steps, yeah. and things can still go wrong. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> what? Why is it? What is it about family that is worth staying in the fight for? What was it worth persevering when things do go wrong? Well, we're, talking, about, we're <laughs> talking about relationships. We'll just do. We'll just do um, husband and wife for there. The research, and not just Christian research, this is secular research, would say that couples who work through their conflict, work through their difficulties, actually come through the other side stronger, healthier, happier, and have much more fulfilled lives than those who actually choose to break up or give up very quickly, very easily. And, and, they, and they may then repartner or remarry, and they tend to replicate the problems that they had in the first place and it goes on and on and on. So that's in the relationship. So even just the simple truth of, you know, as you go through tough situations, you become tougher, you learn from it, but your relationship is even more enriched as a result. The same thing with families. You know, we can choose our friends, but we can't choose our families. So we have to make the most of every opportunity we have as mums and dads, you are as, but stewards of your kids. Yeah. They are um, a gift from God and, and he saw fit that you are the best mum and dad for your kids. Yeah. So be the best version of yourself in that role and take that role very seriously and, and it's a privilege to do that. And then your kids will benefit from that because yeah. it's your future generation. And, and yeah. so have an end game in mind. What type of great-grandchildren do you want to create? And that's the reason why family is worth yeah. fighting for. Yeah, we've got we've, we've been entrusted with these lives. Um, we've got a job to do. It's yeah. I, I think when we, we just kind of go, oh, we'll start a family and, you know, and day by day it's just kind of slip into the next day and the next day and the next day. But having a plan and saying what do we want to see in our children? What does God want us to develop in our children? Well, he wants us to develop character. He mm. wants us to develop in them a servant heart, a heart of loving God and loving others. Mm. And so everything we do should be moving towards those goals because in the end we sh- our job is to develop them so that then they're ready to do God's plan yeah. for their life. And it's not for us to hold on to them. They're not ours. We have to prepare them so we can shoot them out like arrows. Yeah. And um, 
you know, it's such a privilege to do that. But but there is work involved. It's not just a and it's a day to day fly by night. Yeah, it's an ongoing thing. And I and I honestly don't know. um, For us, it's very easy to say and and take God for granted in our story. But without Him, I don't know how we would have navigated something real, something tangible to hold on to that has helped us with our life. And I would encourage young people who are listening to this that find God for yourself. Find who he is in your life and then run after him. And then people say, well, he's just trying to spoil my fun. No, no, no. He has actually got an incredible plan for each and every one of us. Mm-hmm. We have to find that plan and nothing is ever wasted. We can go left, right. As long as we're going with an idea of God, you're in this with me, mm-hmm. help me learn from every experience that I have. And we know that there's heartache. We know that, you know, mums and dads break up and we, and we know that family dynamics can be fractured. Yeah. We know all that. But be the very best version of yourself. There are no guarantees in this world. But if you find someone who has the same values, the same beliefs, Mm. the same goals and aspirations, and you run with that, man, your relationship can be fantastic. And you can have a healthy, happy, thriving family. Kate and I have been married 30 years, and it doesn't feel like 30 years, but we love doing love. life together but we also love doing family together and it's just yeah. a joy yeah 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 that's good i was going to ask you as we as we draw to a close of the time that we had to uh, to talk about what advice would you give to somebody who was saying well you know I, my family is broken I, I don't have that i don't have mum or a dad that are able to be that figure in my life yeah how do i make sense of that where's my family yeah well, I, look, that is reality, you know, across the world, to be quite honest. Yeah, and, breaks for that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've got friends who run Focus in South Africa and they run programs specifically for teenagers who are now raising their siblings yeah. because there's been so much death via AIDS. Yes. And, and so if you put it in those terms, um, what we need to do, and I think it is the best way, is to find mentors mm. for your life. It doesn't have to be a parent. Mm. Um, if your parent isn't available or, you know, are, are in a, a very difficult situation and, and don't have the capacity right now to mm. be your voice, mm. um, but to find a mentor who's older than you, who's gone ahead of you, who is mature in God, um, who, who will love you through uh, your journey and won't be afraid to challenge you and won't be afraid if you if you look for people who are always just going to say oh I want you to be happy so if that makes you happy they're not the people to mentor you yep. you want someone who's going to want the best for you yep. um, and will call out rubbish in your life yeah um, because you don't want to go down a bad track you don't want someone who goes oh yeah 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 that's great that's great have fun no you want someone who goes you know I wouldn't do that yeah, because yeah. there's going to be a whole lot of consequences with that. Yeah. And I encourage you to go maybe this path. Have you considered? Have you considered? People who ask questions so that you can search out the answer because a lot of times we have the answer and yeah. a lot of times we know what the right thing is. Um, but we just need the person there to encourage us to find it. Mm. And I also have to say that your original question about saying if they don't have that, 
Mm. Don't let that be your excuse in life. I didn't have this. Good. But yeah. you, you know, your past doesn't have to determine your, your present future. or your future. Dictated. You have to make a decision yeah. to move forward and don't let that become your crutch or don't let that become your excuse. Mm. I have seen some amazing yeah. young people who had a very dysfunctional background and upbringing, and they have chosen a new path. Yeah. And their family has become uh, has become from outside a church community, a youth group, yes. uh, maybe some a close friend, and they have been well and truly adopted because they haven't had that experience, and they have never allowed that past to say. I don't want to repeat that and I am learning how to do parenting well. I'm learning how to do marriage well. I am learning all these new things. So don't let that become an excuse. But you have to do the hard yards and get the right information from a, from a variety of sources. Yeah. And, and that's the reason why Focus on the Family Australia exists because we want to be able to provide resources that may help people yeah. from preventing repeating those actions from reoccurring in their life. It's very intentional. Yeah, that's so good. That is so good. What, what I love about that is how it pulls together the the fact that the future is is there to be made. And and yes. whether or not you came from a, a family that was rich and flourishing and all good things, that is yeah. not necessarily just going to work out unless you work at it, unless you're intentional yeah. about yeah. recrafting it. And if your family was less than that and and didn't have everything that you needed, it doesn't have to determine your future either. You can yeah, make a difference. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Brett and Kate, it has been very inspirational to talk with you. Um, what, what I appreciate is the fact that the ideal of the family, the, the concept of the family is something that is a gift, a gift from a heavenly father that, that loves our, our, uh, our race and, and wants the best for us. And that he asks us to take the risk of, of making family a priority. Uh, I respect yeah. the fact that you guys are doing that at a at such a public and such a uh, significant arena for the work that you do is focus on the family. I, I pray that God continues to strengthen you for the things that he sets for your hands to do. May Thank he bless you. you. If, any, if we can be of any service to anyone, they can always go to our website, which is families.org.au. Brett, that's a great idea. We, we should emphasize that if anyone has listened and had some reflections about what they might like to be able to do to help them and help them find family and make family. Focus on the family is a great place to start getting some of that help. Yeah. Thanks so much. Really enjoyed our conversation. God be with you. Thanks for having us.